This episode of the Europuck podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Now, McGregor versus Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264, and DraftKings Sportsbook is offering you 264 to 1 odds on a first round knockout during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you walk away with the cash. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win by first round knockout and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 264 to 1 odds on that fighter. Bet $1 on McGregor or Parrier and you could be in with a shout of getting $264 if they win by first round knockout. But don't worry if MMA isn't for you though, as DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey and so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $264 when you bet on a main event fighter to win by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $264 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. A big thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, hey, and previet hockey fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Euro Puck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Chris Gadsby, and regular viewers to the show will know that I am usually joined by Hayden or Obman Rush YT over there to my right hand side. But he is still off gallivanting in Canada on his summer camp and loving life over there. So I'm taking you through everything to do with European hockey over the course of the summer. Now, if you're watching the video version, you will perhaps spot a couple of changes to the podcast this week. Mainly, uh, I am a little bit more in focus. I have a new camera, which is HD. Uh, rather than just using the, the webcam on my laptop, which I was doing. And behind me, you can see nothing. Uh, the reason for that is that I've got myself a green screen. It's uh, not anywhere near as high tech as, uh, as Hayden's one, but it appears as though it's doing the job quite nicely, clamped to the window and the, uh, the shelves on either side of me. So hopefully... Uh, that will uh, we will continue to grow the Euro podcast and m- keep making it better. And then come season two, which is uh, not that far away from my point of view. This is currently Wednesday, the 6th of July. Uh, we're back to weekly episodes on August the 18th of July, just before the Champions Hockey League starts again. And then you've got myself on my own for, I think, about the first five weeks of the podcast. So Hayden says he might be able to jump on. Uh, for bits of the odd podcast 
uh, once camp has finished. Um, and he's then back towards the end of September when all the leagues are up and running. And then I'll uh, have my partner in crime, so to speak, back with me here on the Euro Puck podcast. But uh, obviously we have a lot to go through at the uh, for this because we haven't done an episode for a couple of weeks uh, but unfortunately, we're going to start on uh, a very sad note. And of course, I suspect that pretty much everybody has seen the news uh, of the uh, very unfortunate death of Matis uh, Kivlenix, uh, the Latvian netminder who's part of the Columbus Blue Jackets organization, who uh, was who's died as a result of a chest trauma caused by a fireworks blast as part of uh, the 4th of July celebrations over in uh, the United States of America. So uh, we, of course, send our condolences to his his family, his friends. And uh, I know I see there's been a lot of messages coming in across uh, the ice hockey kind of community towards the Columbus Blue Jackets and and his family and friends. So, yeah, very, very sad. And uh, as I said, condolences to, to his family on that one. But... Um, we do have uh, plenty of other ice hockey news to talk about, so uh, we'll go back into a, uh, a slightly happier note and talk about ice hockey coming back. Uh, yes, let's go and have a look at the start dates. Here they are. We have had more, and I've added more into this table as well. So we've had, I'll be completely honest, I can't remember exactly which ones uh, hadn't started when I recorded last week. But I know for a fact that the DEL in Germany have come out and said they are starting on September the 9th, the same day as the Finnish Liga. Uh, So they are in there as well. So we're now just waiting on the Ukrainian Hockey League, which we, excuse me, will cover. Um, but not in a great amount of detail. The reason that that I have added the Ukrainian Hockey League in for this season two of the podcast is because of Donetsk's um, inclusion into the Champions Hockey League. I've also there added the IIHF Continental Cup, which gets started on September the 24th. I will go more into more detail on the, the Continental Cup later on in this episode because we've had the groups announced, we've had the dates announced, so there's plenty more to talk about in the Continental Cup. So yes, we are very much getting there. We've now got 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15 of the 16 leagues we're going to cover in some shape or form on the Europop podcast next year have now announced their starting date. The Champions Hockey League, as I say, started on August, is going to start on August the 26th, which I believe is a Wednesday. If my, I, I don't know that for sure. Don't, <laughs> don't quote me on that. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's the opening one. Then you've got the Danish Metal League and on August the 31st. The KHL in Russia starts on September the 1st. I'll just so run through them all again for those listening to the audio version of the podcast. The Swiss National League on September the 7th. The Finnish Liga on September the 9th. The DEL on September the 9th. The Czech Extra Liga September the 10th. The Polish Hockey Liga on September the 10th. The Swedish SHL on September the 11th. As well as the Norwegian Fjordcraft Ligan. Uh, the Austrian Ice Hockey League, September the 17th. The French League Magnus, September the 21st. 
Slovakian Extra Liga, September the 24th. The Continental Cup, as I've said, also on September the 24th. And the Elite Ice Hockey League in Great Britain on September the 25th. The only league we're waiting on now is the Ukrainian Hockey League. So those are the restart dates across Europe. We are getting ever closer now. The Champions Hockey League is six and a half weeks away. It's roughly that. Uh, so we're getting ever, ever closer. As I said, we've got a, a few more episodes planned before I start doing the weekly episodes again. So that is the uh, European Ice Hockey League restart dates as uh, elsewhere with these um kind of summer episodes and the fact that I am on my own, my chair's going a bit funny on the green screen, uh, and the fact that I'm on my own, uh, it does mean that these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter because I haven't got A, somebody to talk to, and B, all of the leagues and fixtures to talk about. So we will move on then, as I have I've brought it up a couple of times, to the Continental Cup. Now, I appreciate this is a, this is a bit small. Um, it's the best I could do. So I'll just have a look at, uh, at this. So round one, 20 different countries are in the um, Continental Cup this year, which is quite frankly brilliant. Um, so we've got round one, which starts on the 24th of September. There are two groups. Anyone unfamiliar with the Continental Cup? It's basically a series of groups that takes you through then to the final and the winners of each group progress to the next group. But the higher ranking league you are, you start further throughout the tournament. So in high ranking leagues, such as in this situation, Great Britain, Belarus, Denmark, uh, yeah, Kazakhstan, Poland, those sorts of teams, you will start further in the competition. So they're starting at the semi-final stage. Whereas if you're Romania, Spain, Croatia, Turkey, you've got to start at the very, very beginning. So round one, September the 24th to the 26th in Group A in Romania. We have Corona Brazov, FC Barcelona, Manislav Zagreb and Istanbul. But it's because Istanbul in Group A, that's being hosted in Romania. In Group B in Vilnius in Lithuania, we have Hockey Punks Vilnius, uh, Belgrade from Serbia, we've got uh, Tartuvalk uh, 494 from Estonia, and we've got uh, Skalfalag Abla from Israel, and I've probably completely butchered that, and I apologise to fans of that team from Israel. So they will play each other uh, three games in three days, one game a day, and the winner from that group will progress into Group C or Group D which takes place in October, the 22nd to the 24th. Uh, Group C, which is being played in Budapest in Hungary, is going to have uh, Olymp Riga from Latvia, uh, Ferenovosi TC from Hungary, and uh, Sokil Kiev from Ukraine, as well as whoever wins Group A. Group D uh, will contain, uh, being played in Amiens, France, uh, Asiago from Italy, uh, Amion Gothic from France and uh, Akroni Jessenis from Slovakia. I'm gonna no, that's from Slovenia. Sorry, get my uh, country free uh, interpretations up. Uh, yeah, so that's from Slovenia uh, and also the other the other qualifier. 
Uh, if we go then into the semi-final stage, again, it's another group. Uh, it's uh, This one is Group E in uh, Krakow in Poland. I can move it down. No, I've done that. Uh, in, from Krakow in Poland. Uh, and that is going to have uh, Sarajka Karaganda from Kazakhstan, HK Poprad from Slovakia, uh, Krakow Krakow from Poland, who of course nearly went all the way in the Polish uh, Hockey League last time out, and the winner of uh, Group C. Uh, I think it's Group C anyway. I don't think they've actually confirmed that, but it does make sense being in two columns down the side like that. Uh, Group F in Alborg, Denmark, is going to have the Sheffield Steelers from Great Britain, HK Gommel from Belarus, and the Alborg Pirates from Denmark. Uh, and then the semi-finals work slightly differently in the sense that the top two from each of the semi-final groups, they will go into the final, which is being played on the 20th to the 22nd of January at a venue to be confirmed because we don't know which teams are going to be in the final yet. And then, again, same situation, three games, three days, the winner takes gold, wins the Continental Cup and a place in the Champions Hockey League for next season. So that is the Continental Cup. Now, we're going to go on to the other big piece of news from the past fortnight, and that is the IIHF. Uh, now, I had a, uh, I put a tweet out on the uh, Euro podcast tweet when this came out. Basically, the IIHF have announced the new rulebook for the upcoming season with a number of changes. I've put uh, some of them up on screen now. These are the major changes according to the IIHF anyway. Um, so they want to, what they've done is they've had a, they've had a group that come up with these rules. They've worked closely with the NHL. What they're trying to do from what I understand anyway, is get a complete, uh, like rule book that works all the way all around the world. Although some leagues, I know for the DEL for a fact, are going to look at it and go, oh no, we don't particularly want to play that rule in our domestic competition, so we're not going to, and, and various sections like that. So I will just get up, uh, while I'm getting up the comments to that, I will just read through the um, the rules which say, that the major rule changes are a restricted area for goalkeepers behind the net to create more offensive play, i.e. a trapezoid familiar to the NHL and the KHL. A video review and coaches challenge for more situations where uh, technology allows. Some physical fouls will include a major penalty without an automatic game misconduct as a penalty selection. And when entering the attacking zone, the blue line is considered three-dimensional and an attacking player's skate in the air above the blue line will be considered onside, i.e. NHL offside rule, that is also employed in Sweden and the KHL. And then there's a 20-minute quick start guide video for anybody who wants to go and know a bit more. So I put this out on uh, our social medias at Europuck Podcast, um, and I wanted to get your guys' reaction on on some of these rules. Did you think they were necessary and all the rest of it? And we got quite a bit of a uh, of a response. Um, so Blizzard Sloth uh, says very positive about the 3D blue line. I don't see any need for the trapezoid though. I fear that international hockey is slowly adapting to the NHL. 
Uh, Nick, the IIHF fan, says he agrees with some changes, such as the 3D blue line. That seems to be a very popular suggestion. I'm not fond of the trapezoid, again, is a common uh, comment. I really hope the IIHF doesn't go to the NHL's point system, though, which uh, is, yes, a complete uh, new debate in itself. Uh, and then Yussi E, who's uh, a regular commenter on this podcast, again says that the 3D blue line is a welcome change and the trapezoid is unnecessary. He also hopes the coach's challenge won't result in an offside that happened two minutes prior to the goal, negating the goal. And then finally, uh, we've got uh, Chris Wassell, who just says trapezoid, ugh, which, uh, again, I think is a, is a common thing. Um, so thoughts on that. So you've given you yours. I'll give you mine. Um, I very much, I'm, I'm basically, I'm like everybody else. I, I like the idea of the 3D um, blue line. I do think that works, particularly when, so if you're skating at speed across the blue line, you the forts, you will have a skate up off the ice and the forward of having to trail it back just to stay on side. Um, yeah, it does cause some problems. So I think that's a, that's a good idea, uh, having the 3D blue line. The trapezoid, I think it's a thing you would get used to. Um, but I, and again, I don't watch and look at a lot of NHL stats because obviously over here in the UK, something that starts 8 PM Eastern is 1 AM for, for me. And with a nine to five job, I just can't stay up, uh, for, for that. But from what I, from the NHL games I have seen, there doesn't seem to be a great amount of trapezoid delay of game penalties and penalties against the the netminder so it does strike me as something that perhaps isn't necessarily needed but as we've seen with the IIHF in in many occasions before um, just because it's in the rule book leagues can still adapt the rule book to how they see fit so I think we might see quite a lot of the leagues going no don't really need the, the the trapezoid feature uh, so those are kind of the, the major rules that have been coming from the, the IIHF in the last uh, couple of weeks. We'll wait to see kind of which teams go with uh, go with what um, and and go for it uh, and just see in the next coming months if there's a trapezoid that suddenly appears behind the nets in the in the Austrian Ice Hockey League or the French League Magnus. Um, so we're going to move on. We're going to stick with the rules now just for, just for the moment because there was a tweet I uh, saw earlier on this week. And again, I put this out on our social medias uh, and said, you are now the head of the IIHF rulebook group. What three rules are you changing? And I know that the instigator penalty, particularly in in my circles here in the UK is one that people particularly don't like. Uh, but I wanted to see what you would say around what rules would you change? We had your opinion on the new IIHF rules. What rules would you change if you had complete blank slate? You could do whatever you wanted with the rules. So again, we've had a couple of uh, suggestions, uh, mainly here from uh, Yussi, who says... Uh, he'd say the rules are good in themselves, they just need consistent enforcement. And again, we could probably do an entire podcast on uh, consistent enforcement, as we could um, on the 3210 point system. We could do an entire podcast on that. Um, one change that could be interesting if there is a delayed penalty when the period ends 
the next period starting face-off would take place in the offending team's defensive zone. Now that is an interesting one and I do quite like that. So what he's saying there is if there is a, uh, let's just say for example, a hooking call five seconds before the end of the period and so the period goes before uh, the op- the offending team touch the puck and so the penalty starts at the start of the next period. Now, usually, of course, when your power play starts, you start in the offensive zone. However, at the start of each period, you start in the middle. So if you take a penalty right at the end of, say, period one, you don't get the immediate advantage at the start of the second period, starting in the middle, as you do if it was just in the period anyway and you'd start in the offensive zone. So I really like that suggestion, and I I think it's a very good one, um, because... You're almost getting penalised for having a penalty against you, but just sorry, you're you're getting penalised for having a power play, but not at the right time, so to speak. Your power play is starting at the start of a period, which means that you at the moment you don't get the same advantage as you do if your power play started in the middle of the period, which when you think about it, and it's something that you don't really think about, but when you do think about it, you think, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, that's that's kind of right. Why are you being penalised when you aren't the ones that took the penalty? So I very much like that suggestion, Yussi. Um, he says, um, the Finnish Liga uh, would need some structural changes, reduce the amount of teams, 12 being roughly the sweet spot, according to him, and bring back relegation and promotion. Again, we could probably do an entire podcast on relegation and promotion, but the difficulty with relegation and promotion, it works if you've got two leagues that can sustain relegation and promotion. So the SHL and the Osvenskan, DEL, DEL2. It wouldn't work in Denmark or in, well, it certainly wouldn't work here in, in the UK with the Elite League. It It does change a lot, I think. Could the Finnish uh, Liga have promotion and relegation? I think they probably could. I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility, but I think it would have to be worked on for a few years to get into the situation where you've reduced the number of teams in the Liga, you've increased them somewhere else and you have that relegation in. Uh, two more things about the structure of the league come to mind, and this does go with other leagues as well. Remove the wild card playoff round, 7 versus 10, 8 versus 9, and get rid of the bronze game. Never heard of any player liking it. Yeah, I know for sure. Well, I, I know that players don't particularly want the third place game. They all kind of treat it as a bit of an exhibition. The one that springs immediately to mind was here in the UK a few years ago where the third place game finished 15-8 because nobody really bothered. You, you don't win anything for the, for the third place game. And it just seems a bit of a, a dead rubber, really. Particularly in the in the leagues where, in fact, in pretty much all the leagues, you don't get a Champions Hockey League spot for coming third, because third goes to the regular season, third place, unless the playoffs are won. You don't get a Continental Cup spot. You just, you don't get anything for it. So why 
it is just a dead rubber. I can I can completely see what what you see is saying there. So again, I'd be interested to know more of your thoughts. You've got my Twitter up there at Chris underscore Gadsby uh, or at uh, Europuck Podcast is our uh, podcast Twitter. Uh, and now we'll move on to uh, a bit of other news surrounding, um, well, a player who's decided to retire. And that is Mozyakin, who has decided to uh, hang up his uh, skates after a long career in the KHL and the Russian Super League. Before that, you look at his stats there. I've got them up from Elite Prospects. Uh, over a thousand so just under a thousand games in Russia, over a thousand points. If you include the playoffs as well, then he is over a thousand, a thousand games. A very, very uh, long career, and uh, yeah, he's finally decided to hang up the skates. So Mosyakin has decided to retire. So there is uh, one more piece of news and. I'll go back onto this for that one, uh, onto the onto the main screen. So the DEL they have introduced a fifteenth team into the DEL because, and they've released their schedule as well. Uh, the Steelers, I've now lost the article. Of course, I've lost the article. Um, but anyway, there are now fifteen clubs in the DEL because the Bittenheim Steelers. There it is. Uh, is a newcomer from the DEL2. They won the DEL2 playoffs uh, and are now into the DEL. So there are now 15 teams and they are reverting, as far as I understand it anyway, back to not splitting North and South and just having uh, the one league. Everybody is going to play everybody uh, home and away twice each for a 56-game season. So a 56-game season in the DEL as opposed to the 38 we got this time around. Obviously, the uh, the pandemic put pay to, to a full season there in the DEL. But a 56-game season in the DEL starting on September the 9th with a game between Berlin and Red Bull Munich. So a very good opening game there in the DEL and I'm looking forward to the leagues kicking off once again. We have also had, as I know we're very much getting towards the end now, I've covered off everything off my list, uh, the draft for the NWHL, uh, including the first draft for a British woman into the NWA, uh, NWHL and I will cover that as well as looking ahead to the NHL draft and the European prospects in that uh, in probably well yes in the next episode which will come out on I believe July the 23rd which is the day of the um, first round draft in the NHL so that will be the next episode it will be all around the European prospects uh, in for the NHL uh, and seeing who might get drafted, where they might get drafted. I'll look at the NWHL as well. And then I'm going to do a weekly episode after that on July the 28th. Uh, I'm going to record it around July the 28th. It will come out on uh, July the 30th. Um, Recapping the, the draft and we'll look at who went where, how close were we, 
Are we surprised how many Europeans went? Because, of course, last year was a record year for Europeans going in the champ- uh, into the NHL. So, hopefully, we'll have more of the same, as I do think uh, ice hockey is becoming more of a global sport. Uh, and then, as I said, yeah, back to weekly episodes uh, on August the 20th. If it will come out, I'll record it on or around August the 18th. We may go live next season or we may not. I don't know yet. And uh, I will do my utmost to sort out this green screen so my chair doesn't keep appearing and disappearing. It's the problem with having a green chair and then uh, a green uh, a green green screen. I'll have to adjust the the chroma key and the features and uh, the filters, all the rest of it, and hopefully sort that out for uh, for next podcast. But as I said, it came yesterday and I'm just uh, trying it out. So it's going a little bit in and out of focus. But fortunately, I'm staying in focus, which is nice because I've now got a HD webcam. And again, I'll look at the lighting and all the rest of it and hopefully bring my, my production levels on par with Hayden's. Uh, but yeah, that will about do it for this episode of the Euro Puck podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've watched or listened to today and you're not already following us on social media, it's at Euro Puck podcast on Twitter. You can follow myself at Chris underscore Gadsby. My Twitter is up there. You can follow Hayden at YT. His uh, Twitter is over there in the top left of your screen. He's not making videos at the moment because he's out in Canada, but he is uh, still active on Twitter whenever he gets the opportunity. He's always worth uh, worth a follow because he's got strong opinions on quite a few things. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Podcast as well. As I said, big thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. You can use promo code THPN there to get some very good odds. But thank you very much for watching or listening. This episode of the Euro Puck Podcast will be back in a couple of weeks with a full preview about the uh, NHL draft. And let's see who gets taken where. Thank you very much for watching or listening and goodbye.